Hallelujah. We'll start at uh, verse 17. Exodus chapter 30, verse 17. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, You shall also make a labor of bronze, with its base also of bronze, for washing. You shall put in it between you shall put it between the tabernacle of meeting and the altar, and you shall put water in it. For Aaron and his sons shall wash their hands and their feet in the water from it. Then they go, uh, when they go into the tabernacle of meeting, or when they come near the altar uh, to minister, to burn an offering made by fire to the Lord, they shall wash with water, lest they die. So they shall wash their hands and their feet, lest they die, and it shall be a statute forever to them, to him and his descendants throughout their generations. Father, tonight, as we break the word of life, tonight, as we look into this word that's so rich, this word that is able to instruct us, this word that is able to uh, uh, educate us, to show us our needs, you said that this is so that the man of God could be fully equipped. And Father, we believe that everything that we need is here. And all we need is the Holy Spirit to lead us into all truth. Father, would you minister by your spirit here tonight? Would you just touch us in a special way? Would you open our ears, our hearts, and our understanding? And may this word have special meaning to us. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I have looked and I have found very little teaching and very little preaching done on the labor. There's much for us to learn from the tabernacle because the tabernacle was built according to God's specifications. And he told Moses, he said, be very careful that you build it according to the heavenly uh, plan because uh, uh, I believe that these things were for our instructions. I believe that there's something here for us to learn. And I believe that there's some teaching that the church today really needs and it's part of this tabernacle. That's the labor. I think we really need to get an understanding of what the labor was, what its purpose was, and how does it apply to us today. We need to really prayerfully look at the tabernacle and its furnishings, but especially at this labor. Because I believe God is lifting up what is known as intercessor prayer warriors. And this labor especially has 
a meaning if you are called to intercessory prayer. So let's look at the significance of this tabernacle. And we can learn from the way it's laid out as to what its purpose is. I hope everyone will be able to see it. Here we have the outer court. And as you come into the outer court, the first uh, piece of furniture you come to is the brazen altar. This is where they burnt the sacrifices. The second thing that you came to was the laver. Uh, then you entered into the holy place. The holy place, the tabernacle, was divided in two parts. The first part was the holy place. The second was the holy of holies. In the first, we had three pieces of furniture. We had the showbread on uh, the one side, and on the other side, we had the lampstand. And before the curtain was the altar of incense, or the golden altar. And before you could get from uh, the brazen altar to the altar of incense, or the golden altar, you had to go by way of the laver. Now, I want to say that this one thing. Everything in this tabernacle, Jesus is the fulfillment of it. Okay? And I want you to understand that. But this laver has a special message for us tonight, I believe. And so if God will just help us, I believe we can learn something here. The first thing we learn is here in verse 19, it was for Aaron and his sons, and they shall wash their hands and their feet in water from it. Now, this was not for the common everyday Israelite. This was for the priesthood. So we see it was designed for purification of the priesthood. Now, to begin with, when Aaron and his sons were made priests, they first of all went to the altar, the brazen altar, and they offered up sacrifice. And then, after they had been sprinkled with blood, after they had been touched on their right ear and on their big toe and so on, then they were washed for purification or sanctification. They were washed in the laver. And then after they were washed in the laver, which was a bathing, 
they never again were to, they never again bathed as far as I know in the labor but it was for the washing of their hands and their feet it was also to wash the sacrifice so the water was there to wash the sacrifice and they would they would uh, offer up these sacrifices uh, almost on a continual basis. And in offering up the sacrifices, they would become defiled, and they would have to go back to the labor and wash before they could proceed into the holy place. Now the brazen altar is where sin was dealt with. That's where we deal with sin, at the brazen altar. And once the sin is dealt with, then there had to be another point of purification. And I think we've lost some of the meaning of what God wanted to have here down through the years. You see, countless animals were sacrificed, but it was to no avail. As you look over in Hebrews chapter 10, and uh, you can turn there if you want, or just listen as I read. Hebrews chapter 10, it says, For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the thing, can never, with these same sacrifices, which were they offered continually year by year, make those who approach perfect. For, when the, uh, for then would they not have ceased to be offered for the, uh, for the worshipers once purged, would have had no more conscience of sin. But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance of sin every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offerings did, did not, uh, you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me and burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin you had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In a volume of the book it is written of me to do your will, O God. Previously saying, Sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings, and offerings for sin you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law, then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first, that, the, that he may establish the second. But that will we have been uh, sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. We have, see, Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice. And so, at the brazen altar here, we have the ultimate sacrifice. 
Never again do you have to go by that altar. Once you accept Jesus, that's it. There's no more sacrifice. But we, we, we want to get into the Holy of Holies. We want to get to the throne of grace where the mercy seat is. We want to we wanna get to the, uh, this golden altar. We want to get into this holy place where Jesus is the light, where Jesus is the bread that satisfies and nourishes us. We want to get in there, and you have to come by way of the labor. Therefore, the labor shows us the need for cleansing, not from guilt of sin, but from defilement of the way in which we're, we, we're traveling, the way we go. And Aaron and his sons had blood on their hands. Their feet were soiled from the, from the earth, and they had been uh, in contact with death, so to speak. They had offered up animals, uh, dead animals, slain animals. And uh, you and I have been in contact with death. In our dealings with the world, you see, everyone out there is dead in trespass and sin. And we are in contact daily with death. And so we have to come by way of the labor to cleanse ourselves because the blood is on our hands. The dirt, the earth, where we come in contact with this world, that's what the washing of the feet was for. And so we have to come by way of the labor. Uh, take a look at 1 Peter with me. 1 Peter 2 and 5. It says we're living stones are built into a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. That, that's the point I want to bring across. We are a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices accepted to God through Jesus Christ. So if we're going to offer up these spiritual sacrifices, then we have got to go into the holy place. We've got to... What was the job of the priesthood? The job of the priesthood was to intercede with God on behalf of man, and it was to intercede for God to man. So uh, the priesthood was a go-between. And we are a priesthood. We are to bring our unsaved brothers and sisters, we are to intercede for them before God. And then we are to go back from God to these unsaved, and we're to tell them what God said. So we're the, 
will the voice of God to the people and will the voice of the people to God? Look at Hebrews 13 and verse 15. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer up the sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his, to his name. But do not forget to do good, to share, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. We are God's priesthood. We're, we're a holy nation. We're God's priesthood. We're God's people. We're God's ambassadors. We are to offer up these sacrifices, and they're pleasing to God. But before we can perform our priestly duties, we must go through a sanctification, through a cleansing. Now, when you come to the waters of baptism, and I think this is and you begin to check it out with, with Scripture, you're going to find that we were set apart through baptism. We were saved by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, but in baptism, in the waters of baptism or the waters of regeneration, it's the same thing that happened at the labor when the priesthood were bathed. We took the blood of Jesus Christ at the, at the, now we went through a second process, which was a setting apart, which was the waters of regeneration, and of course, that also speaks of the Holy Spirit, and we've gone through that. But now we've come in contact with death. We've come in contact with the world. And before we can get back to the holy place here, before we can get to the altar of incense, which is the prayers of the saints, it's, uh, we're, we're told over in Revelation, before we can get to that place of prayer, before we can get to that place of intercession, we've got to come by the way of the labor again. That doesn't mean we've got to go back and be baptized. <clears throat> and we're, we'll see how this comes into play, but let's look at the contents. In verse 18 of our scripture here, it says, You shall, make, you shall also make a labor of bronze, with its base also for, uh, from bronze for washing. You shall put it between the tabernacle of meeting and the altar, and you shall put water in it. Water in it. And uh, water is plainly a figure of the written word of God. And in many places in Scripture, the word is referred to as water. Uh, 
For instance, John, uh, Psalm 119, verse 9, it says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. So if a young man wants to cleanse his ways, you go to the word and you wash with the word. Amen? Uh, John 3, 5, uh, he's talking to Nicodemus. And he says, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Again, let's go back to our drawing here. And let's say that this represents the kingdom of God. This here is the outer court. This here, let's call this the heavenly Let's call this the earthly. Jesus came and became the sacrifice, the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the earth. And now if we're going to make communication, if we're going to get into that heavenly place, we have got to come again by way of the labor. And so, uh, except a man be born of water, I believe, uh, uh, again, that that's speaking of the labor uh, and of the Spirit. You've got salvation at the, at, at the brazen altar. You've, you're sanctified, set apart by the waters of baptism. And uh, that's the only way that anyone can get in to the kingdom of God this place where God rules. You must come by the Word and by the Spirit. John 15 and 3. Now ye are clean through the Word which I have spoken to you. So there's a cleansing that takes place by the Word. And if you go to Ephesians 5, verse 25 and 26, he's talking about this relationship of Jesus and his church. And he says that he's washing it by the washing of the water by the word. Verse 25, husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. I believe that, that the labor is represented right here by the word of God. I believe that we continuously have to come back to the word of God for this cleansing. Where we've come in contact with the world, we must return again to the word of God and this word of God is for our cleansing. It's for the cleansing of the church. And then Hebrews 10, verse 22. Hebrews 10, verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled 
from, the evil, from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. I believe, again, it's talking about the word. Having ourselves cleansed by the word. Let's uh, just think back to John 13, or you can turn there if you want. Let's turn there. That might be better. Let's go to John 13, and I'm just going to point out some things here to you. John 13 and verse, this is where Jesus, after the meal, he girded on a towel, and he began to wash the disciples' feet. And he came to Peter, and Peter gave him a hard time. Peter said, you're never going to wash my feet. And uh, Jesus said, except I wash, uh, wash your feet, uh, you have no part in me. And uh, uh, Peter said, well, not, not only my feet, but my, uh, my hands and my head also. And he said, no, no, wait a minute. He said, he who's uh, uh, taking a bath really don't need to be take another bath all he needs is he just needs his feet and hands washed all he needs is his feet washed for he's come in contact with the earth see Peter really lacked understanding there Jesus answered I do not want uh, if I do not wash you you have no part in me Peter said Lord not only my feet my hands and my head. But look at verse 10. In verse 10, I, I don't know how it says it in the King James. Let me, let me read it here from, uh, from my translation here, the New King James. Um, he who is bathed need only to wash his feet, but is completely clean, and you are clean. But not all of you, because he was talking about, about Judas. Judas wasn't clean. But he said, that all you need is your feet clean. You've got to return to the labor, and you've got to take and wash your feet. Jesus has to wash your feet. He's got to cleanse away where you've come in contact with the world. Where... Uh, You've been serving and and uh, you've gotten defiled, and now you uh, before you can go into the holy of holies and and perform your priestly duties in there, you've got to return back to the word of God. Um, so last of all, let's look at the composition uh, of this altar uh, of this labor. Uh, verse 19 of our text says, For Aaron and his sons shall wash their hands and their feet in water from it. Um, oh, I'm sorry, verse 19. Well, somehow I got a wrong verse written down here. But anyway, this, let's see if I can find it here, was made of bronze. Oh, verse 18. You shall make a labor of bronze. I, uh, does it say bronze in the King James? Brass. Okay, so brass or bronze 
And the, what the thing was made of is all important because the things that were in the holy place were made of gold. But the things that were outside the holy place were made of brass or bronze. And I think that that's significant. If we remember that bronze speaks of judgment. In Revelations 1, 12 through 20, we see Jesus, uh, he's walking amongst the candlesticks, the golden candlesticks. And these golden candlesticks, what did they represent? The churches. The churches, right? And he's walking amongst the golden candlesticks, and it says that his feet are like brass or bronze. He's come in judgment. This time, his hair is white. He kind of reminds you of someone who is sitting on the judge's bench. And he's walking amongst the golden candlesticks, and he's judging the church. Judgment must start where? At the house of God. And it, to prove my point, he says to John, I want you to write a letter to each one of these churches. Now, he's not only judging the wrong they've done, but he judges the good they've done. And you can tell that from the letters he's written. He said, uh, hey, you, uh, you've done good in this area, but I have this against you. Right? So Jesus, all judgment's been given unto Jesus. And so judgment is spoken of. And his feet are like bronze. Well, the labor is made of bronze or brass. And it speaks of judgment. And it was made from the mirrors that were collected from the women. It was a free will offering in, in the desert, remember? Free will offering. And the women brought their mirrors. That, it wasn't made of uh, glass and, and uh, uh, what is that stuff on the back, quicksilver or something? It wasn't made of that like our mirrors are. It was just polished brass. And so they would see their reflection in that polished brass. Well, this, these mirrors were given to make this labor with. And it was a free will offering. And that speaks a volume right there. This piece of furniture is the only piece of furniture that there is no directions on how it was to be moved from place to place. There's no handles on the side of it. There is uh, no poles to be uh, so for the Levites to carry it with. It doesn't even tell what shape the thing was, or how big it was, or what the volume was. The only time we run into volume is when, uh, when we come to uh, Solomon's temple, and then it's called the sea or the. Uh, 
what did they call it? Sea? Is that, is that right? In Solomon's temple. And it had these, uh, I believe it was uh, uh, ox that were underneath as the pedestal of it. And then it had this great big uh, sea or bathtub kind of a thing, and it gave the shape of it and so forth. But here, there's no, there's no directions to it. It only says it's filled with water, and it's there for a purpose. It's for the cleansing of the priesthood. Okay? Made of bronze. And so when you come to this vessel, you're to look into it, and as you look into it, I mean, it's all polished, right? Now you can see your imperfections. And I want to tell you, I don't have to read this thing very long or look into this labor very long, and I begin to see all my imperfections. Sometimes it's almost discouraging. Every little spot and wrinkle shows up. Did, did you ever notice that? And... Well, in 1 Corinthians 13, 12, it says, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am also known. See, I, I just, you know the old brass mirrors? You were supposed to be looking at Jesus. And... It's kind of reflection. Uh, how do I line up with Jesus? And you don't see things too clearly right now, but one day we're going to see Jesus face to face. And, uh, the, you know, the great thing of it is, the Bible says we're going to be just like him. He's coming for a church without spot or wrinkle. You look around you, and all you can see is the wrinkles. Boy, I look at the church sometimes, all I see is the spots and the wrinkles. And I think, oh, God, is there, gonna, is there really going to be a church without spot and wrinkle? Is there really going to be that kind of perfection that you talk about in here? You see, we, we look on outward appearance. We only see partially. But one day, we'll see, just a, and we'll know even as we're known. James 1, verses 23 and 24 says, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who observes his natural face where? In the mirror. And then he goes away and immediately he forgets what kind of a man he was. See, when you look into this mirror, you, you're supposed to let that word cleanse you, wash you. He's washing his church. He's cleansing his church. 
You're not supposed to read your word, read the word and say, oh, that's nice. That was for them, them stupid Levites. No, that word is for us. If we're going to go into the holy place, if we're going to get to that place where we can offer up sacrifices, if we're going to get to that place where we can intercede on behalf of the people, if we're going to be, get to that place where I can be the voice of God to the people, then I've got to go by way of a labor. I've got to go to God's word. I've got to be cleansed. Hallelujah. At the labor, God only not, not only just shows our defilements, but he also provides the way of removing it. The water. See, it's all grace. He first shows you your imperfection, then he gives you the means to remove it. Hallelujah. So we don't have to get discouraged. I look in here and I see this great big blemish. And so I go to the water. I go to, the, to that which speaks of grace. That which speaks of cleansing. And I, I begin to see how God's word shows me how to remove the blemish. But if I don't pay attention to it, I'm like a man who's seen his face in the mirror, seen this great big old blemish on the side of his head. You know, it's all dirt and all blemished up. And he just walks out and forgets what he saw. Hallelujah. And from all this, we learn that to enter the holy place We've got to come back to the word for cleansing. The first thing we need to do before you ever go to prayer is come back to the labor. George Mueller, is that what it is? George Mueller? He said that he never could really intercede and pray until he learned that he had to spend the time in the Word. You read about it. Isn't that right, Gil? You've got to go back to the labor. And I liked it when I came here for intercessory prayer on Wednesday. Alice, first of all, was sharing with us how the intercessors of America, are, is, that, is that what it was, intercessors of America? said that, first of all, you had to go to the Word. And so she begins to share Scripture, and we began to go to the Word, and then we went to prayer. We've got to come to the Word for cleansing, then we can enter in to the Holy of Holies. Then we can get to that golden altar of incense, and God says our prayers are a sweet-smelling savor unto him. Zechariah, he was providing, or they had so many people that were high priests in the days of, of uh, John the Baptist and Zechariah and all that, that he was doing his yearly duty. He was 
uh, a pre part of the priesthood, and he was taking and going in and, and doing the daily prayers and intercessory prayers for the nation of Israel. And so he goes by way of the labor. He goes into the holy place. He gets down before the altar of golden incense, and he's praying for Israel. He wasn't praying for a son. He was praying for Israel. And all of a sudden, an angel appeared to him on the right side of the altar. And he said, Zechariah, your prayers have been heard. And not only had his prayers been heard, Zechariah was going to be used to bring about the answer to those prayers. He was going to, his wife, Elizabeth, was going to have a child. And he was going to be the forerunner of Jesus Christ. He was to go and prepare ye the way of the Lord. Well, when you go to the golden altar of incense and you begin to intercede, expect that God is going to use you for part of the answer or for the answer. Sometimes he hears your prayer and he says, all right, that's fine. Go. Do it. Yeah. Lord, I was just interceding. I was praying. This is my job here. Uh, my job is to pray. Somebody else's job to go do that. But that's not the way it works. So what I want to do, we've, we've, we've been, the, been to the labor tonight. Now we need to respond. We need to get into that holy place. We need to spend a few minutes, now that we've been washed by the word of God, we need to spend a few moments interceding. I believe that it's the, one of the highest callings that God calls us to as Christians. You know, we, we can come with a grocery list. And did you ever notice when you first begin to pray, it's me, my, and, and mine. But as you begin to really pray, you begin to pray for the unsaved. You begin to pray for the lost. You begin to pray the heart of God. Amen? The heart of God is what you begin to pray. But you need to, first of all, come by way of the labor. So when you get ready to pray, sit down. Look at some of the promises of God. Look at some of what's on the heart of God and then come. God has chosen you as a holy priesthood. You have been chosen of God to be his mouthpiece to the world and their intercessor to God. 